buying and selling real estate, it can be a tough business to navigate. Sounds like you need some friends in the know. For instance, two longtime Twin Ports real estate professionals who know the ins and outs of the market. This is the Twin Ports Real Estate Show on 610 and FM 103.9 KDAM. Good afternoon and welcome to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Ronding and Gary Callagher here from Remax Results. Hello, Gary. How are you doing today? Well, Jim, we're doing great. Absolutely great. And, you know, I don't know how you feel about snow, but my kids love it. But I'm getting a little bit older and I don't like it as much. You don't? <laughs> so, uh, but that was, some, that was quite a big snowfall that we had. That, you know, there were several inches of snow. I didn't realize it. And it was some of the it wasn't super heavy like that last storm we had last uh, November, but it was heavy snow. Right. It was a good uh, good workout getting rid of that stuff. Yeah, exactly. And just so everybody knows, we're recording on Wednesday, um, so by the weekend, who knows? It might all be it might all be um, uh, melted off. But I I went out and had some fun in the snow. I was kind of walking through it and uh yeah it, it was a blast it was real packy too did you have any snowball fights with your kids no not yet it was it no we didn't <laughs> we did we did not do that i got you okay well hey some big real estate news is the cozy wow i mean it catches I... fire again um and now the city council you were telling me is is gonna approve the winterization or they have approved the winterization well they've been told that they have to spend uh up to one hundred and thirty five thousand dollars to uh uh secure it yeah winterization is the wrong word isn't it yeah well it's it's um it's it's mind-boggling quite frankly jim yeah, I know. that we're as a city that we have to do this, and you know earlier this year the uh, uh, our local sixth judicial district judge ruled that it could be torn down, uh, but then the uh, court of appeals, um, uh, the Minnesota court of appeals, o- overturned that, and um, now the city is. Um, uh, being told that they have to secure this building, winterize it, whatever you want to call it, uh, do something to protect it from further damage. And um, as and, and this is as these deliberations go on. And so also to secure it from like people getting inside too, right? Isn't that also what they're trying to do? Well, I think that's all part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Um, but this is um, this is an eyesore on our city. Uh, it has been an eyesore on our city. Yeah. And, you know, what it, well, I, you know, some of these buildings can be salvaged. I mean, I, and I, and I'll, I won't compare this to the armory because I, I think the armory is slowly but surely coming around, but, but it's been what, 15 years. Right. When that armory got turned over. And I mean, uh, in some cases, I, I think that the, the, these uh, historic structures, although I understand the intention of not wanting to to eliminate them, but I, I I'm also of, of the the mind that how can how can these hold our cities hostages like this? 
Right. This cozy bar thing. I mean, if you go down there, I don't know if you've been down there oh, recently, yeah. but yep. it's a, it's a, it's one of the worst uh, public blight properties that I've ever seen in the city, ever. Yep. And how how people want to continue to protect this is just one of those things that has me shaking my head. I, I think, you know, I, I don't know if you remember, we had Greg Fulmer on the, the show, this was several months ago, uh, when we were in studio, and, and he certainly doesn't miss his words, and he's he, he was the same, you know, get rid of it, it's got to go. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the fact that now our city has to spend $135,000 on this, or up to $135,000, when we're already in a pinch for our finances this year, makes zero sense to me, Jim. Zero sense to me. And I, I just, you know. Well, I'm looking at the, the uh, I'm looking at the building. They have a picture of the building um, in 1997. And it's very, very feasible building there. And then there is a picture of the building currently. And I, I mean, after this second fire that just happened, I just can't imagine that has got to be throwing good money on a bad on a, on a project that i how could this not ultimately come down with the with the condition that it's in now um i just can't i just cannot um i cannot understand that um and, it's difficult to wrap your head around it you know yeah. and then then you got the saint regis apartment that's just above the alley from that now that's abandoned who knows what's going to happen with that and so, you know, the owner of these properties has just simply demonstrated that he simply doesn't know how to manage these properties and to continue to cause these these uh, uh, blighted situations in our city is is it's inexcusable, in my opinion. Yep. You know, there are so many people that take good care of their properties, being it rental property, being it your own property, and to have individuals that simply refuse to manage their properties right is it's always been one of those things where i just i don't get it it's like why are you even in the business well and you know this building was it was lost on tax forfeit you know by the former owner and and now um he um is the one that's fighting it and he's been fighting it and he doesn't have or want to put the money in to fix it up himself and to reacquire the property. He, it, it's some kind of a public trust to fix it, I guess. I mean, in, in his in his view. And and I think, you know, that's kind of ridiculous. But I don't know. There's got to be other supporters out there of his. But I'm with you. I just think that it is, um, you know. Kind of nuts. Well, with all the development that we have going down there, and we've got the new Central Medical Campus going up. We have the uh, the theater district that is, you know, these things are less than a block away. Uh, we have some of the, re- the re- major league renovations going on at that old Temple Opera building. Uh, and, and so all of this downtown stuff is is right there. And and to have people have to come up and walk past this thing. I mean, I don't like walking by it. Right. You know, I'm like, what's the point of even going by there? It just doesn't look right. It doesn't look good. And it's like, let's get this building, let's get it down, move on past it, and um, you know, the the world's going to go on. But to keep this thing rolling along, when it's clearly evident to me 
that no developer has stepped up. And this goes back several years, John. Right, exactly. Several years. And there's been nobody willing to come forward and say, yeah, let's take this project on. I mean, at what point do you simply say to yourself, hey, it ain't happening. Enough is enough. This building's got to go. We've got to do what we can to, you know, beautify that that area down there. And uh, I, I just, it's it's just a, a black eye for the city of Duluth to have to keep going through what they're going through to get this thing down. Yep. Yeah, it's just it's it's a very very strange situation, especially like you were talking earlier in a time when you know most city governments don't have a lot of extra money to spend and um, Duluth included. And, you know, man, that's, uh, you know, the coronavirus really hurts a lot of cities in a lot of ways as well, you know, and everything's just tight. So yeah. it's, it's, it's really too bad uh, that it's going to probably just go on for a while longer yet. And then ultimately, they will probably tear it down, and uh, this will just be a waste of money. But well, there you go. And it's it's like I said, trying to wrap your head around this this whole situation. That building should have been long gone, and uh, everybody could move on. And and uh, but the fact that it remains and it continues, the saga continues. Uh, is just one of those things where it's like I I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't either. But you know, you you did mention. Um, the, the medical center going up down there, you know, I, uh, I tell you what, the last two times I've had to go, go see my doctor both times. It, it, to me, it's just confusing on how to get into all those parking lots. Um, but to walk by this massive structure that they're building, it's just amazing to me. Um, that construction that's going on down there. I mean, it, you know, isn't it going to be something when it's all done? It's unprecedented, and it's 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 it's. I'm so excited and happy for the city of Duluth and what this brings to it, what this is going to do for the city, and uh, that project when it's completed is going to stand for forever as right. as a premier tower in our city and overlooking the lake and everything that surrounds it. Um, I'm, I'm so excited and I'm so happy that, that we as a community are getting this. And uh, it'll be exciting to see what what it brings in terms of like some of the residual businesses, uh, people coming in and moving to the community, uh, what it means for housing in our community, Jim. Um, there's a lot of excitement and, uh, I, and I agree with you. It's, it's, it's simply an amazing structure and to watch this thing go up is uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, it's going to, it's going to be a a, um, a community asset, you know, for the Twin Ports um, in a in a huge way, um, just like you were saying. And and the it's just fun to watch um, the process, you know, and um, you know, watching them add one more floor and then one more floor. I mean, it's just it, to me, it's just amazing the construction process with something on that scale. Where have we ever seen uh, a construction project in our city um, that has three tower cranes? Right, exactly. On one, on one project. Exactly. This is the kind of thing that we see in the Twin Cities when we're visiting, you know. Um, but around here, you're right. I mean, it, it's it's uh, it's unprecedented. So, all right, Gary, here we are on our first break. So, folks, you're tuned into the Twin Ports Real Estate Show, and we will be right back. So, hang in there. 
All right, welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Ron and Gary Callagher here from Remax Results. Gary, why don't you give out your phone number so people can get a hold of you? I'm at 218-390-0615. And my number is 218-348-7653. So, um, Gilligan's Island, um, we've got real estate news involving Gilligan's Island. It's one of the funniest stories I think I have read in a long time. And Gary, what we have here is, of course, it's out in California. Um, we course. have, yeah, we have a, <clears throat> a billionaire and a multi-multi-millionaire fighting over a view of the ocean. And their neighbors. And their, yeah, their neighbors. <laughs> and the one neighbor um, that doesn't like that he's being judged for his little art. He what, he what he did, folks, is he put up a little art display, just a little, you know, little rock garden. I would say the the display itself it doesn't look like it's more than eight feet tall. It's just these these shards of glass going up that are multicolored, and then it lights up at night. <laughs> and one neighbor didn't like it, says it kind of obstructs or or blurs his view of the ocean. And this escalated to now they they are apparently going to be going to court. But one of them, the neighbor with the artwork in question, started, he hooked up a stereo system or whatever, and he started blaring Gilligan's Island, among other things, towards this other person's house. Um, <laughs> and... It's kind of on a loop with this strange music, you know, the theme to Gilligan's Island. And so now they are trying to get, like, orders to, um, you know, like, cease and desist. And also to, uh, um, um, uh, what is it called? Um, dang it, why can't I think of it? Um, stay away from me. What is that, Gary? Why can't I think of that? Um, a restraining order. Restraining order. <laughs> yeah. So... It's just so funny, and, and I thought, man, this thing must be a mammoth. When I first read this article, Gary, I thought this thing must be a mammoth art structure in order to create that. And and then as you scroll down, you see the picture, and like I said, it's nothing. It's 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 probably, it looks like it's maybe 20 feet long, and there's different little glass spikes coming up. They go up about, you know, it, it says 10 feet, but it certainly doesn't look like it. And to me, and Gary, I want to know if you see, it just doesn't look... Like anything that should bother anybody. Uh, no, I looked at the pictures of this thing. It doesn't look bad, but the neighbor said, and it, and by the way, this is in Laguna Beach, California. Right. This is the area that we're talking about. This is right on the uh, uh, the Pacific Ocean. These properties, you know, sit on the ocean. And uh, I looked at the picture. I'm like, well, what the heck is wrong with that? But the big issue was, is this uh, structure that they put up was apparently damaged by some falling right. whatever. And so the the thing that triggered this fight was the neighbor put this like net. And you, when you look at the picture, it looks like a soccer net it does, that or, they put over yep. this structure. And then the billionaire neighbor said, hey, you're obstructing my view here. And that's when everything seemed to like take off here is he put this net up to protect this this uh, structure that they had built, and uh, um, it's not a structure the, though; it's art. <laughs> but I mean, the the, the, the yeah. art, the thing that he built, it looks great. It, there's nothing wrong with it, right? But the net, you know, and and you and you have to remember this, folks. These properties are looking, uh, you know, you're you're on Laguna Beach, California. 
these properties have sliding glass doors that look out over the lake. It looks out over their private pools. And when something starts to obstruct that, they get upset. Yes. And, you know, they've got the money and the wherewithal to, to fight in court all day, every day for who knows how long. And that's what's going on. And, you know, after reading the article, I mean, these, these neighbors were obviously friendly with one another, but this triggered, uh, you know, somebody getting mad and, uh, uh, they put these speakers up and started blaring music at it. And the, one of the funny things in this story, Jim, was they weren't even at the house and they're right. able to set this stereo system off remotely. Yeah, because they didn't want the it to bother so them. To hear the right? noise. They're not. They're away. Yeah, they and didn't want so, it to bother them. They wanted to only bother other people. <laughs> and you know, it doesn't say how much this piece of art, um, how much it cost. But the one thing that's funny, two things that's funny, is apparently somebody threw a rock at it, and that, and this lawsuit says that that did fifty thousand dollars worth of damage to it, and then trees and Mother Nature. Um, caused a palm frond, you know, big palm tree branch that fell on it, costing another hundred thousand dollars in damage. So I'm looking at this silly little art piece, and I'm thinking, how much did this thing cost? How much did they waste on this? It's just amazing to me. And the billionaire, his name is Bill Gross. Um, he's funny too because he got a divorce. In in his divorce, um, and this actually happened at a house in Lake Nebagaman, I remember something similar. Um, in divorce, his his uh, his his wife apparently went back into the house, um, and she infused it with puke and fart smells dispensed from spray bottles. <laughs> I like these 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 billionaire millionaire. They're children, Gary. They're absolutely children. Um, but it is just so stupid. It's so funny. And now, the other thing you got to remember, Jim, is these people don't stay at these houses long. No. I mean, the story goes on. It tells them that they're at the house about five days a month for five months out of the year. Yeah. And so they're not there that often. Yeah. So um, the other thing that I found interesting is that this billionaire neighbor, the gross person, um, Bill Gross was his name, I think. Yep. And, uh, um, He's got security cameras pointed at his neighbor's house. Right. And the na- the story also said, well, sometimes they're out sunbathing with little to nothing on. Yep. And and this guy's taking pictures of that. So they they that was one of the things in the lawsuit that they were arguing about as well. So, you know, neighbors can be, uh, you know, we certainly have those situations here locally. It's not that extreme, but there are there. It's unfortunate, but. Boy, when you get these billionaires fighting one another, I who knows what that could be like, Jim. Well, and this this Bill Gross guy, they 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 forced him out of his former company, and they did that by giving him an eighty-eight million dollar <clears throat> settlement. <clears throat> and now it says he's worth a billion and a half. So you know they've got a picture of him, and he looks a little like Charles Charles <clears throat> Heston. Like who? What, remember Charlton Heston, that actor, oh, right. only with long hair. <clears throat> Yeah, he, Did I say he, his name right? Yeah, he does. He does. In this guy's in his seventies, and he's he's one of these guys. It's he's probably in his seventies, and he's trying to look like he's you know forty, and it's not working yeah. out for him. But 
I just wanted to bring that story up because I just thought that that was hilarious and um, the the perfect example of petty. Um, especially the, I think the spying thing with the cameras, to me that that is like true invasion of privacy, and that would that would weird anybody out. So, wow. Anyway. Well, here's here's another thing that will excite you. These properties he bought this uh, Bill Gross bought his beach property for 36 million. Right. And then he bought the property next door for 32 million just a month after buying it. Yep. So, you know, that's numbers that you and I just, we simply can't like fathom. And these guys throw it around like nickels and dimes. Yeah, exactly. And it's, um, uh, so it's interesting to see these billionaires fighting with one another. Uh, obviously <laughs> a lot of, a lot of hurt, feelings and a lot of animosity there but uh and a lot of spoiled brats a lot of spoiled brats there's no doubt about it <laughs> um, the, now another interesting story jim there's another place in, and uh, uh laguna beach is somewhat south of los angeles right yeah it's actually it's a very be beautiful area i've been there before um but between that and los angeles between laguna beach and los angeles there's a place called Huntington beach right and just up from Huntington Beach, there's another place called Seal Beach. Yep. And recently I have talked to somebody that is, you know, from this area, wants to move back up here. And, uh, you know, found out she was from California. And, and, you know, one of the primary reasons is just there's California's changed. It's changed. It's just not the way everybody thought it was, you know, and, you know, what they thought it was going to be. And, and quite frankly, I think there's a lot of people leaving California because of everything that's going on out there. And so, um, well, I think, I think it's true too, that, you know, they're saying that it affected the election because there are so many, you know, defectors from California that moved into places like Arizona and Colorado that they, they kind of changed the makeup of the vote, you know, in, uh, especially in Maricopa County, you know? Um, so it is very interesting. The, the exodus of, uh, of Californians is, um, is amazing. And, um, I remember we were talking about the exodus of California and they were going to Montana. Right. Um, you know, and, and the Montana real estate prices had shot through the roof because they were getting so many people that were coming in, um, from states like California and the state of Washington and things like that. And it's just, it's very interesting how that migration has occurred, um, and continues to occur. So, well, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the California housing market if people continue to leave there, you know, and, and move out. I mean, because at some yeah. point, you know, you're going to have... Would you, you want know, to live there if every other year your state is, like, literally on fire? No. I mean... No. I, and and they're saying or, that the, 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 the smoke is, is pretty toxic for several days, you know, I mean, weeks on end. Um, in, in cities and areas where the fires aren't even close, you know, so when you already have this smog filled state, because there's so many cars, uh, you add that kind of a smoke to it. I'm just like, ish. I mean, California is like probably my least favorite state that I've visited, except for, I, I like Palm Desert and Palm Springs and stuff, but. And Laguna Beach, that area, that is absolutely awesome to walk the beach area down there. The ocean is so cool. But other than that, you can keep it. 
you know. Well, you got to throw earthquakes in there too. Yes, exactly. California is known for for all the earthquakes. So, uh, and we've been talking about this over the last several months about California yeah. and the, what seems to be like a mass exodus of people getting out of there. And um, one couple that bought a house up here in Duluth came from that area out there. It was simply because they wanted to buy a house and they couldn't afford it. They could never afford yeah. to buy a house living there. So, um, well, and we have you know, talked about that in the past. You know, I mean, like you watch those reality shows and you got. You got two teachers buying a house in um, what's the capital? Sacramento. Uh, Sacramento. One of those one of those real estate shows where they you know they go in and they they pick out of the three houses, and this house was like five hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and this was a young couple, and they were both teachers. And I'm like, I, I the thing that stuck out in my mind is, I mean, how can they afford it? And and what does a teacher make out in California? Because that's a pretty hefty mortgage payment. But I mean, that's the, you're right. That it's very it's very expensive to live there. So, well, my own personal story, and then we can end on this. But is brought my kids out because they wanted to go to Hollywood, right? And so we walked up to the Hollywood sign, and that was really fun. And then we walked the 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 stars on the sidewalk for a while, and you know we were there for like two days, and. The kids wanted to have kind of a meeting with mom and dad. Okay, what's going on? Can we leave? <laughs> they didn't like it, you know. So we so we left and and we we drove to Nevada and uh, that's where the kids wanted to go. So we went to some uh, amusement parks and things of that nature. But you know, yeah, they they had had enough of uh, the Hollywood area within just a matter of a day and a half. So. Well, I'll never, I've stepped a toe inside California, so I can just say I've, I've been there, but I, I'll have no regrets if I never go back. Yeah, well, in another, in another business that I used to be involved with, I used to go out there every year to the Anaheim Convention Center, I'm sorry, the, the Los Angeles Convention Center, um, and that traffic out there, if you think you get stuck, if you're, if you're upset, if you get stuck in a traffic jam in Minneapolis or St. Paul, that doesn't even compare, you know, try a traffic jam that just stops and, you know, it's six lanes going each way. It's insane. I, I, I can't yeah. handle it. I just go nuts out there. So, yeah, I don't need to go to California. All right, Gary, we got about another four minutes on this segment. Why don't we talk about the market um, in terms of well, interest the- rates, mortgage interest rates, Jim. Yep. I mean, you I don't know if you've noticed this week, but, you know, we talk about the the, um, the 10-year uh, treasury bond yield, which is kind of one of the things that funds the mortgage market, is that bond market. And earlier this year in March, you know, we had uh, an article that we were talking about, and it was one of the, th- the things that was going to be uh, to know that the housing industry was going to be recovering from COVID-19. And one of the um, uh, things in there was, was that that 10-year uh, yield was going to uh, go get above 1%. Yep. Which it, which it hasn't done. And it's been, you know, half a percent. I think it bottomed out at 0.3. Um, but it's been it's been really sitting around 0.6, 0.7 for the last few months. But this week, Jim, it took off. And currently this it uh, sits at about 0.96. And that, to me, is a signal that the mortgage interest rates are going to go up. Yep. Or at least they're going to start to go up. So, um, you know, what does that mean for the housing market? I mean, if, if, you know, 
according to that article from Housing Wire that, that we talked about, uh, a stable real estate market for the mortgage industry is a 1% to 3% uh, 10-year bond yield. Um, uh, and so if that's the case, you know, if you get a 3% uh, you know, yield on that thing, that's going to put interest rates up around four to five percent. Exactly. Um, if, if if we run between one and two, you're going to be between three and four, somewhere right in there. And so, uh, what does that signal for the the housing industry, Jim? If these mortgage interest rates take off, and let's say they bump up a, a, a whole percent in the next, you know, three four months, what's that going to mean? How's that going to affect the housing market? Yep. And, 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 you know, I've always had the personal belief that, you know, around an election, the interest rates are going to be as good as they possibly can because they do want to have, you know, a rosiest picture as, as, as they can affect. And um, so, yeah, even though the rates are still, I'm looking at the uh, rates as of today, and it, you can still get a, you know, a 30-year fix for, you know, uh, around 3%. But I think you're right, um, actually less than 3%, but I think you're right. If uh, the bond is starting to go up, then we're probably going to see interest rates. And hopefully it's slow because you and I both know that when they go up fast, it can kill a market really fast. So, Well, the refinance market will completely dry up. Yep. All right, Gary, we got to take I a mean, break here. I didn't realize we're, we're out of time. So, folks, you're tuned in to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. We will be right back. Hey, welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Ronning, Gary Callagher here from Remax Results. Gary, give out your phone number. I can be reached at 218-390-0615. And my phone number is 218-348-7653. All right, so we were talking about the interest rates, and, I, and we just want to kind of continue on that before we ran out of time in the last segment here. So, all right, Gary, your thoughts were um, that... The rates are probably going to go up. I kind of agree on that exactly. And how is this going to affect our market? Well, I think the refinance market will, you know, go away. I mean, I still think it'll exist, but you know, so many people refinance this year. Uh, it's hard to believe there's anybody else to refinance. And they still so are because um, it's well, very still hard. Are absolutely right. Yeah, it's but, uh, loan processes right now is taking longer. Um, than it should for this time of year, but that's because of refinances for sure. Well, if that goes away, the industry will then get you know it'll be new purchases. You know what's going on with that, but but I think a lot of things, Jim. I mean, supply and demand. Is there demand for housing? If there is, I think people will work around it. But I think the big thing you have to remember, and when we talk about upper end housing, we talk about jumbo loans. You know, they stopped the jumbo loan market here this year. And you can only borrow a maximum loan amount of like $510,000 right now. And, you know, there are, there are some instances with private banking and, and programs that are available for people that you can get more. But as a rule, that's what you can borrow. If you start raising those interest rates and they start getting up to 3 and 4% versus, you know, the, the 2.625 or the 2.75 that they've been, the amount of money that one percent interest on a four or five hundred thousand dollar loan over time is staggering. Yeah, it is. And so, I guess my question then becomes: Is like, do they do they tend to? Will they start to ease the jumbo mortgage market? Will they let? Will they allow more money to be lent? I mean, 
what what will happen and and i think things you know i think will be fine but you know it could cause if the interest rates go up to five or six percent jim what's going to happen right and here's how it works this is just how it works when interest rates are low housing prices go up when interest rates are high housing prices go down but there's always a transitionary period that occurs on either extreme. And so, for example, if these interest rates, let's say they go up to 5%, and sellers still aren't grasping the concept that my house isn't selling, and we're not getting that many more showings, that is an indicator that the market will begin to slow. And we've been in a seller's market. We've been in a seller's and buyer's market forever. If you talk about markets we talk about seller's market and buyer's market rarely do we talk about it's a good market for both sellers and buyers but we've happened to been in that market where the market has just been so good for both buyers and sellers that you can nobody can complain about it right but as things begin to change and if these interest rates do go up i think there'll be a transitionary period where houses slow up inventories increase or housing sales slow up and inventories increase and you may then start to see a little bit more of the housing prices come down. Uh, maybe sellers starting to, to concede a little bit more money on, on buyer's closing costs, those types of things. Um, but if the energy in the marketplace remains strong and the buyers are out there and the supply demand thing is in full force and effect, you know, people are going to uh, uh, pay more for their mortgages, but they're going to get their home. So I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to shake out, but that bond, that, 10-year yield on on that uh, uh, security uh, is definitely bumped up big time this week. So we'll have to watch that. Yeah, the other thing, I was just I was just doing some calculations here. So if we're going to take a $500,000 mortgage um, and over 30 years, and if you bump that interest rate up, regardless of where you are, if you bump it up 1% over the life of that 30-year loan, it's almost $100,000. Yeah. It's, so it's, it's those a lot are some, of money. Those are some big, big numbers. So yeah. All right. How about we talk about um, another little article that was in um, our publication? It kind of affects our industry a little bit, and that is that Zillow is is kind of uh, I don't know. I guess would you call it the number one consumer pointed portal that's used? To, to find houses followed by realtor.com I'd say that's accurate okay well um, there was a there was an opinion piece in one of our favorite um, one of our favorite um, I don't know what you'd call it online sources and the the opinion piece was that Zillow needs to be um, worried about maybe a potential competitor. And that competitor is based in the commercial end of real estate. And they're contemplating buying, and this competitor is called CoStar, right? And CoStar owns another company called LoopNet. So these are just, these are commercial applications, commercial real estate applications online where brokers and buyers and sellers can, you know, market their property. And they are in... Um, negotiations to acquire a company called CoreLogic, which through multiple listing systems, they CoreLogic provides um, software 
to realtors or realtor boards, um, it's their MLS system. So, and they have the majority of the MLS systems in the United States. So they basically represent 600,000 realtors. 600,000 realtors pay into their board that have these services. So if, um, if CoStar buys, you know, this company, CoreLogic, they have a magic door opened right into working directly with realtors. And uh, I found that article quite interesting. How did, what, what was your take? Well, listen, I think Zillow, first of all, is, you know, like you said, they're probably the, the number one portal. But Zillow, for us, as real estate professionals, we have a lot of issues with it recently. Oh, yes. And it is by far the number one um, problem portal for us as agents for data and accurate data. Right. And it's confounding how we can input our data into our MLS system, and then it goes out to all of these and it feeds all of these portals. And most all of the portals come up with the accurate data, but Zillow for some reason doesn't. And it's, it, I mean, Every house, it seems, that we input into our MLS when it comes to Zillow has a hot tub or has central air. Right. Even though it doesn't have it. The square footage is always messed up. I mean, there, there are a lot of problems that we're having with Zillow. And then, uh, I don't know if you recall, about a month ago, Zillow did a new update. And the pictures of the houses were lost. <laughs> And I, in particular, had one up here where it's like the seller called me and said, hey, what happened to my pictures on, on Zillow? And they were fine on the other portals. And I went in there and I'm like, I, I don't know. And, and we spent about two days as our staff and our IT department down in the cities trying to figure out what happened. And I was eventually able to get through to somebody at Zillow and, and which is you know, I, it took me going through two people that didn't know what the heck they were talking about. And the third one I got to, they were able to help me and where I could go back in, but I had to manually re-input all of these photos and it was, it was somewhat of a pain, but, and then, you know, I, I saw a, an article come out and it said, Hey, they did an update to their system and they didn't tell any of these <laughs> MLS systems. And this happened across the country where all of a sudden all the photos for some of these listings were not. They just disappeared. And so the, the, the inconsistency with the products that they're delivering to us as the agents has become maddening. So, and well, I think Realtor.com right now, Realtor.com to me is the number one portal. I mean, it they, is. Yeah. they don't have problems. They have good, they have a good system. It's a good product. So, I mean, I, I think these online portals are the wave of the future. And it remains to be seen how it all is going to shake out. But CoreLogic is certainly a huge player. Oh, my gosh, They've got yes. massive resources in terms of money. And if they decide to get into the residential real estate market, somebody's going under. Well, and, and the thing is, is that, who- you know, they talk about they talk about um, CoreLogic being acquired by um, CoStar. CoStar is a much stronger financial player than Zillow is, which, which amazed me as well. Um, so... And I would just say, and we got we got like a minute left here, so just to, to, to factor this in, what you were talking about with their bad service, 
Duluth, Minnesota, Superior, Wisconsin. We were one MLS at the time. Um, we voided our contract with Zillow for well over a year. I, I think it was like 10 years ago uh, because we were having so many problems with them. And we were only one of two in the United States that had chosen to do so. Um, and when we first did it, they were, I, I, I think they were sort of like, well, whatever, goodbye. Um, but then they just came back to beg us back because they realized that, you know, you can't have it all unless you have all the communities. And that's when we did get some changes and some guarantees, um, you know, for our, for our market. But to me, that was the biggest thing. You know, we, we actually made a stand with them because of all their mistakes. So, all right, Gary, look, we got our break coming up here. Folks, we got one more little segment, so hang in there. Gary and I will be right back. Hey, welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Ron and Gary Callagher here from REMAX Results every Saturday from 12 to 1 on uh, KDAL 610 AM. Uh, folks, if you want to reach me, my phone number is 218-348-7653. And Gary, why don't you give out your phone number and then why don't you just roll right into some of the stats that we wanted to give out this week. I can be reached at 218-390-0615. We got some stats for our local markets here. Uh, we In Duluth, in the Duluth side of the bridge, we currently have 255 active listings. Um, and this is Duluth, Colquet, Two Harbors. It's the whole uh, community on this side of the bridge. Uh, active listings, 255 of them, with the average list price of $337,000. So far this year, we've sold uh, 1,889 homes, and the average sale price is uh, $248,000. Um, in Duluth, for active listings, we have 93 active listings on the market, Jim, in Duluth, with the average list price of $429,000. Uh, Cloquet has 19 active listings with an average list price of $259,000. Hermantown has eight active listings with an average list price of, I'm going to call it $500,000. Right. That's staggering. So um, when you look at the sold data, Jim, things that have sold, and this I'll break this down by areas. Duluth has sold 1,175 homes this year with an average sale price of $248,000. Quote has sold 205 homes this year. That's huge. With an average sale price of two hundred and two. Hermantown has sold 118 houses. Another big number for Hermantown. Average sale price, Jim, $359,000. That's staggering. Wow. Pro Proctor, 59 homes they've sold this year with an average sale price of $201,000. And Two Harbors has sold 83 homes, Jim, with an average sale price of $226,000. So it's been a banner year locally here. And I know Superior's done well this, well, this and year. Well, I'm just looking well at Superior. Numbers too, Jim. There are 57 active um, single-family houses on the market right now with an average sale price of 188661 And I think we should point out that these numbers, these these prices that we're talking about, are, are the highest they've ever been. Um, right. in, in all these communities. So it's, it's really been a good market. We, 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 of course, had a big recession 10, 11, 12 years ago, but, man, we came firing back, I think. Um, and and we, are, we are well above those numbers now. So it's, it's a really good market, and I think, um, in, and I know you agree with this, but I think the reason that we're so busy and the reason that we're so popular is that now that so many people can work 
from their home and kind of pick where they're going to live, you know? I mean, people live in the Duluth area that work for a company that's based out of the Twin Cities. And 10 years ago, they couldn't have done that. Right. You know, so a huge impact. All right, Gary, we got like about 30 seconds left. So why don't you give out your information one more time and then we'll check it out. I'm at 218-390-0615. All right, and my number is 348-7653, area code 218. Any last thoughts, Gary? No, I just want to say uh, happy Veterans Day to all of our vets uh, locally here. Um, the VA loans are big. Uh, they're, they're very popular here locally. So um, just want to give a big shout-out to all of our, our local vets. Yeah, me too. I, I double that. Um and there are two favorite vets of mine that work for our company, Mike Ravala and Steve Brayman. And um, those guys are amazing, as well as the rest of you veterans out there. So thank you very much for your service. And Gary, like we say, we'll be back next week, right? Yes. All right, folks, we're out of here. This Twin Ports Real Estate Show is now history for this week, but we'll talk with you next week. Thanks for listening.